Welcome to Chapels from Rosedale Bible College. Thanks for joining our community for weekly chapels recorded on our campus in Rosedale, Ohio. We hope you are challenged and inspired by what you hear. Enjoy. It is good to be together this morning. You know, one of the things I appreciate about our time here and what we try to do in this time uh, and what we try to do across the year here at Rosedale is give you a sense that, at least this is part of our prayer for you, that you come to understand that the faith that you have and that's growing within you and that the Holy Spirit is is birthing within you isn't something that just fell out of the sky in like 2000 one or two or three or whenever it was you were born, but that there's a context, a historical context that, the, that, that has happened for, for several thousand years that has brought you to this point, that there was an early church and there was a church that passed along the message of Jesus over and over and over and over and over and over and over until it came to you and you received it. And that the church has worshipped in, in very different and in very similar ways over the course of those several thousand years since Jesus was here. And so part of what we hope is that you come to Rosedale and you get a sense for the expanse of this tradition and of this thing that Jesus is doing on earth with his people. And uh, so in our chapel times, in our times together, we'll, we'll have times of worship that feels really familiar because it's what you're accustomed to in many of your churches. And then we'll have pieces and elements of worship that probably are less familiar to you, but that have really always been present among God's people for centuries. And... Uh, those, those things are important in, in the shaping of who we become. So I hope you grow to appreciate that and know that we're not just trying to be uh, stuffy here at Rosedale. There's actually a point to what's going on, and there's actually intentionality in the way that, that we've designed worship to, to function here on campus. So last Christmas, I... And I'm going to say this wrong because I'm just not, I'm not there. It, like, for you guys, it's all natural. But I, it, do you, like, do you play an Oculus or do you, like, wear one or, I mean, I think you do both. Is that, is that accurate? Do you, you play an Oculus? Yeah, that's what I did. I thought I was doing. And, um, and it was my nephew's. And it was totally amazing. I mean, do you guys have, some of you have one? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So it's like virtual reality. You've got these things and these goggles and like the sound is all there and you've got these headsets. And, um, you know, I come from the Anabaptist tradition. I believe Jesus called us to love our enemies. And uh, so virtual reality boxing is something that makes more sense in virtual reality probably than in real life. But anyway, I was doing this boxing thing, and, and you're in this ring, and, and you're, you've got an opponent, and it feels incredibly real. Like when you move, 
the whole thing moves when you throw a punch. The whole thing, like, you know, the other guy is dodging and he's throwing punches at you and you can... Anyway, it feels really real. And when I was done, I was so worn out. I won, by the way, but I was so worn out. I lay down on the floor and I had sweat just dripping off of every part of me. It also says something about what kind of physical shape I'm in. But I was completely exhausted. But everything that I was, not everything, most everything that I was sensing in that game felt so real. Like it was, it was and, and my body was part of it somehow. But on many levels, it wasn't real. But it felt, it felt real. And my body in many ways was saying it was real. So you all come to Rosedale, and you come with tensions. Whether you know it or not, you're wondering what things are real and what things in life are, are actually true and good and worth giving your life to and what things aren't actually good and true and worth giving your life to. And I know this not because I have some you know, freaky, psychic ability to guess what you're thinking, but I know this because it's true in every person who's really living that they're asking these questions or they have asked these questions. And it's especially true when we're in times of transition, which you are, because I don't think you're going to stay here forever. Well, I'm pretty sure you're not. You're getting ready to leave, even if after it's this year, maybe it's two years from now, maybe you stay a third year and do bridge. But somehow your life is in the midst of a lot of transitions, and when you're in transitions, especially in a transitory state, you're asking these questions, what's real? I know you're asking these questions too because you're preparing for things. You're preparing for life. And because you're asking these questions, I love it that you're here. I love it that you're here. Now, none of you are wearing an Oculus this morning, but you come with lenses. Lenses on the eyes of your heart, lenses sort of in the eyes of your mind. There are ways that you've seen the world. There are, there are ways that you're answering those questions. And, and you, you, th these lenses are grids through which you're experiencing the world. And here's my question for you, this first chapel. What are those grids that you are using to determine how you interpret the world? That determine how you make moral judgments? that determine how you live and you respond to the things that happen around you. In other words, what drives the way you think about your life and the shape that it's going to take? What's driving that? Because you have lenses. You have a grid that you're, you're working all those questions through, but the question is, what's the grid? What's the lens or set of lenses that you're using? You've all come from somewhere. You weren't just dropped here from uh, you know, some distant planet. But you come from families. You come from churches. You have friend groups. You have schools. And all of these groups have given you lenses through which you see the world. And it's not just those groups. 
Most of you are part of, of media somehow or social media circles that have shaped your views. And don't tell me they haven't because it's true for all of us. These things affect how we see the world. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, streaming services, these interactions and communications, they form us. They absolutely do, for good or for bad. Let me give you a couple of common grids that have shaped many of us, maybe to give you a little better idea of what I'm talking about. And these uh, have the potential to be really damaging, uh, but they don't have to be. Here are a couple of grids. One grid that I think is fairly common uh, to all of us, and it shows up in, in different ways, but the grid uh, through which we view the world is one of economic success. Right, so how many of you have watched one of the gurus on TikTok or YouTube uh, talk about how they made a ton of money through passive investments or something like that? Have you, have you watched these? I mean, they're all over, right? Got little captions about how to retire at 32. And then you read another article, and the same guy's wondering, like, what he's doing at 32 with $3 million saved up. You know, I don't know what he did. Maybe he went through real estate. And then you've got the YouTube videos that talk to you about which particular model of real estate investment gets you to that aim. Or through, the, through investment in cryptocurrency or how to drop ship items and... Some of you maybe have even started like these dropshipping businesses. You've got your websites online. I don't know. I mean, I've been surprised at what students come with. Some of you have real estate. Some of you, you know, and some of you are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so this may not be your grid. Now, this doesn't have to be evil. It's not inherently evil, but what is unhealthy for us is when this grid of economic success is the primary driver of your life. And so if an activity or a year of education isn't directly tied to wealth building, it's a waste of time, says this grid. This is a grid that we've been given. Here's another one. Partisan political allegiances. Did you know that the percentage of Christian families who would not want their child to marry a non-believer, somebody who doesn't follow Jesus, is roughly the same as the, as the percentage of Christian families who would not want their child to marry someone of another political party? Now that's a lens, right? For so many believers right now, there is little to no distinction between our call to follow Jesus and our allegiance to a particular political party, whatever political party that is. That, like, those are kind of one in the same. If you're following Jesus, then you'll be like, like this political party. We see those things as bound together. This way, by the way, of seeing the world is not new, and because it's not new, we have some historical record. And the historical record is that when we see the world that way, the church is always damaged. History, church history proves this. 
but it's a grid, a way of seeing the world that many of you have been given. Here are a few other grids that get placed on us. There's a grid that tells us that our sexual identity is the primary identity of our lives and that everything else in life must align with our view of sexuality. There's a grid that tells us that our worth as a person is determined by how prominent we become. Right? Have you produced enough content that gets enough views so that you can get paid a little money on YouTube? And if you haven't, I don't know if you exist. Do you ever feel that? Like, have you done something that's gone viral? If not, are you worth anything? These are all grids through which many people have shaped their primary identities. And these grids, these ways of viewing the world, have become the starting point for how we understand ethics and purpose and career. This morning, I want to tell you, this is the opening chapel, and I want to tell you what you can, be ex what you can expect to be invited into here at Rosedale over the course of the next year. I shared this verse at dinner on Tuesday night, but I want us to hear it again, and I share it again because it's the verse that keeps going through my head coming into this academic year. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowing how to live in this world. So it starts with God. The knowledge of God is where we find any understanding about what's going on around us. That's a pretty serious truth claim. <laughs> you have been begged to see the world in ways that don't begin with the Creator. You've been begged to do that. I have too. You are barraged by ideas of identity and calling and purpose that orient around you. You're the star. You're the center person. You're the place that it all begins and ends. And if it doesn't suit you, then it's probably not real is the message that we've been given. But there's another way to orient your life. There's another beginning point. At RBC, we believe that the universe and our lives were created with a particular purpose in mind, and at the center of that purpose is God. And if our lives are to find meaning and purpose and wholeness, that can only be achieved by orienting our lives around this God who created the world. To begin anywhere else is to distort life and its meaning and living in virtual reality rather than real life. But I want to go a step farther this morning. Not only do we start with the idea that the Creator and orienting our lives around the Creator is where we figure out some of these big questions, Here's the next step. Just who is this God 
that some of the key pieces of this orientation of life, uh, excuse me, me, who is this God and what are some of the key pieces of this orientation of life that he invites us into? Well, at RBC, we believe that Jesus is what God had to say to the world. That Jesus is what God had to say to the world. So I want to read a few verses here from Hebrews chapter 1. You can just listen. Long ago, the writer says, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. That would be Jesus, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he's also created the world. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And making purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high and having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. In other words, Jesus is what God had to say. He's the message to this world. And he is, in fact, God. He did the work of reconciliation, of forgiving our sins. He holds the universe together. He brought the message of God to us. That's Jesus. And what was that message? Well, do you remember the first things that Jesus announced when he began his public ministry? You find it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He announced, this is Jesus' big announcement. This was the message from God. He announced the coming of the kingdom of God. That was his message. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God has come, and it is coming. And for those whose lives are oriented around the king and have joined his people, the king's people, the kingdom of God is breaking into earth right now. That's why Jesus, when he was asked by his disciples, hey, what should we pray? How should we pray? One of the lines in there is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, Jesus, help your people live out the kingdom here as it is in heaven. Right now. The kingdom of God has come and it is coming. Jesus' message was about the kingdom of God. And it might be said another way as well, when your sins are forgiven and you become part of God's family, Your allegiance shifts to the king and the values and the ethics and the plans of the king begin to shape your being. And as this happens, the kingdom of God breaks through. This is what we believe at RBC. This is what your staff and faculty believe. It's why they're here. And your time here will be given opportunity to explore those themes There's one more thing that you need to know about the grid that we believe we're called to use as we view the world. Not only is this grid oriented around the creator, not only do we believe that Jesus, in fact, (laughs) is the center, is God, is what God had to say, not only do we believe that 
Jesus is ushering in a new kingdom for his people. Here's the last thing. We believe the scriptures when they tell us that the church is the bride of this king. The church is not an optional add-on to your faith because the kingdom of God is not an individual experience. It is personal. It's very personal. But it's not individual. It's communal. It's shared. There are a hundred New Testament instructions that use the phrase one another, love one another, be at peace with one another, honor one another, and so on. Over a hundred of those. You cannot carry out the values of the kingdom apart from living with God's people. You cannot. This is why living together in the dorms and on campus is so critical to learning about God and walking with God. These shared experiences, man, when I was at Rosedale, those things shaped my life in profound ways. And I pray they do for you too. There's something powerful that God does through other people in our lives. Now, admittedly, the church is often a mess, <laughs> which many of you know and have experienced. And it's mostly because you're part of it. And me too. So what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Well, that's what this year is for, to explore those things. Listen, <clears throat> I want to tell you this. Learning to understand God and his message and his instructions and learning to put on that grid of the kingdom, like to see the world through the eyes of Jesus, that is a lifetime journey in the kingdom of God. You're not going to figure it out in a year at Rosedale or two years at Rosedale or even three or after you come back here to teach here at Rosedale. Those of us at Rosedale who work here are on the journey. We've gotten some things profoundly wrong. And we're wrestling with other difficult questions. But one thing we know we know that reality is found in Jesus. And we keep inviting you, our students, to center your lives around him and his kingdom and that reality. We love and value the church because of Jesus. We love and value you because of Jesus. We love and value the truth because of Jesus. Jesus is our grid. And, by the way, if you ever sense that that's not our grid for decision-making, I sincerely invite you to have a conversation with us about that. Also know this. I know many of you probably come with really big questions related to faith. In fact, some of you may even wonder if you have faith. Some of you may have serious concerns about Jesus' vision for reality. Some of you may have 
questions about the authority of Scripture. Some of you may have questions about how forgiveness and salvation and kingdom life really work. I just want you to know I love that, and I want you to know you're among friends. You are. You're allowed to ask questions. You're allowed to wonder about these things. We seek to be transparent about our mission. I, I don't say those things to sort of scare you if you disagree. <laughs> I say those things to be authentic about where we're coming from and what we're doing and what our dreams for you are. Because we're on the journey with you and we care about the fact that you find meaning and hope and purpose in life. We want that for you. All right? Let's pray together. Jesus, it is so good to be together as your people. I know we're not technically a church. We all come from these places that we belong to, and, but we are your people. And we long for you to continue to shape the lenses through which we see the world. Give us clarity. Clarity about what it means to walk with you. Clarity about what it means to, to, to live as part of your kingdom, in your body, with your people clarity about your purposes for our lives and I pray your blessing on this group of students as we enter this year asking questions seeking to see reality as it is would you help us to that end it's in Jesus name we pray these things and all of God's people say amen thanks for listening if you found this episode helpful, please share so others can benefit from it as well. And be sure to check out our other podcasts at rosedale.edu slash podcasts.